wherever you listen throughout the world. It's football time! And welcome back to another episode of the Gridiron Guys. We hope you're joining us at a good time. We know it's been a long, silly season for us. We've sort of been away and uh, checking out other things. Uh, Cam, you're here. How are you going? I'm finally here. Yeah, I'm a hard man to catch at the moment, but I've made it just in time for playoffs. And look, it's it's shaping up to be a pretty wild one. Look, what a special time of year, isn't it? It was a great end to the regular season. Uh, there were plenty of opportunities for guys to win and in, um, upsets to happen, uh, seats to be unsettled, um, even some issues at the top end as well. It wasn't just the guys trying to fall in. It was about who was mm. going to get the number one seeds, who was going to get home field advantage, those sorts of things. Um, and obviously as well, over the week, we had the college football wrap-up as well and all the uh, New Year's Six Bowls and everything since we were back. So it was just our pandemonium, wasn't it? Yeah, there's a lot to get stuck into. Um, I think, yeah, Week 18 actually delivered some absolutely wild things. There's nothing better, I reckon, than seeing Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers flop in the final week. Yeah, well, I mean, the Lions, they were out by then already. Um, Seahawks mm. eliminated them. But yep. it was sort of a win-and-in situation. And Rodgers sort of had, I think, so many chances. But they just, just couldn't put it together, could they? No, they couldn't. They had a nice run towards the end of the season, but yeah, like I, I, I didn't watch a huge amount of the game, but I watched the last that last drive, and throwing that pick. I mean, fuck, that was it was very ordinary. Yeah, it's it's sort of it's going to be a tough pill to swallow for him because I think when he walks away from this, like, and to be honest, you look at everything that's gone on and transpired and things like that, and I probably wouldn't be surprised if he does walk away from it. Mm. Um, you know. It's a tough way to end it, especially with, you know, recency of losing to the 49ers um, continuously. And then this year, that was just such a disaster, wasn't it? Um, and then even having the chance to, but losing it like that, I think it really hurts for him. Oh, massively it does. And I was actually thinking about this just then. It's it's If he does walk away, I mean, he won a Super Bowl. He's done plenty in the game. But people are probably going to view his career as not lived up to the hype in terms of, he didn't win multiple Super Bowls, which I think is a little bit harsh in terms of he, he won a Super Bowl, which over the course of his career, how many guys have actually claimed that trophy yeah. as a quarterback outside of Tom Brady? <laughs> there's not a huge, there's only a select amount of guys that have actually done it. So well, and especially say, David get more than one as well. Well, that's exactly right. Correct. He's won one. I think that's a huge achievement in itself. Yes, he probably could have taken some of those teams to more. But yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how people actually view him. Yeah, because, I mean, going through it, like those past, like, what, five, six years or whatever, it was sort of like a, oh, Brady's got the runs on the board, but Rodgers is just the more complete quarterback. And everyone Correct. in their head thought that, you know, Rodgers is the better quarterback, but it's just yep. he just can't finish finish the deal, essentially. You know, he can take them around to dates. He can wine and dine them. But just whatever happens, at, you know, once the Uber drops them off, he just can't get in that front door, could he? Nah, just a little sneaky kiss goodnight, and then you got to leave and go home. Yeah, he's just whereas Brady, man, that guy comes in at the last second and he goes <laughs> he lets oh, straight in. through the door. Oh my god, <laughs> he's got the keys of the house already. He's barely met it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting one. I think what he's still got a does he still have a year left on that contract? I think technically, yeah, because he signed the two year, didn't he? But it, yeah, it might have yeah, been yeah. an option in his favor or something like that. Like I wouldn't be surprised if it was on his terms. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. But look, yeah, interesting way for him to go out. Lions were happy, unfurl the banner, knock out the Packers yeah. in the playoffs. But yeah. another team that folded in the last week and they folded in the end, the back end of the season was the Titans, and that makes me very happy. I'm not a huge fan of the Tennessee Titans, um, and it was nice to see them bow out. Shame for Astro Dobbs with that turnover to cost him the game. Yeah. But it's nice to see Trevor Lawrence and the boys who we probably, I mean, look, if we look back to the start of the season and we're probably like a lot of pundits, talking about the Jaguars and all those money moves they made. And we're like, mm. fuck, they're spending some money in some rare places. But it's worked. Yeah, it has, hasn't it? I mean, they only had to overcome one of the worst divisions in football, um, <laughs> neither the NFC South, whatever the Buccaneers play in. But uh, I think, yeah, they've done it. You know, it's good for them. You've seen Trevor Lawrence. He's come in leaps and bounds this second year. Um, yep. The guys around him, like Christian Kirk, probably a little bit of an overpaid, but... I think it's done the job for them. If you, you know, if you look at it from a Jaguars perspective only, yes, mm-hmm. maybe in the league wide they overpaid him and sure thing, but for them, they'll feel like they got their money's worth because they've elevated them basically. Like they were a number one pick, you know, a year or two ago. Yeah, they were the worst team in the league. Exactly. And now they're the in the playoffs. Two, was it the last two years? Because they, they, they had two. Yeah, two, correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, they had the last two picks um, and now they're in the playoffs. I think, you know, regardless of, how much you did spend, I think you can say it did work. Now, the um, the way that we view this going forward is going to be if they have continued success, but yeah. at the moment, I think it's a win for them. Yeah, look, I mean, they've had two incredible coaches over the last two years. <laughs> My really kicked things off nicely, but like in, in all seriousness, how much does this come down to Doug Peterson? Like he's done a fantastic job with them. 100% because he's got to be the guy that's leading the front. Like, I mean, Mostly, obviously, they've cleaned house as well. Mm-hmm. I think Urban brought in some of his own guys and whatever, and they've obviously gotten yeah. rid of them. But I think you can just see that Doug is able to build that sort of brotherhood and that fraternity, and you know, provide a platform for these guys to be to be good. Because I think that's all they need. Like you know, most of the cattle was similar. They added in a couple of things like Christian Kirk and all that. Mm-hmm. The couple of guys developed, obviously Etienne, and that came back from injury, which was good. Yeah, but. You know, long term, it's about the platform that he provided for these guys. Same as like he did with the Eagles. You know, he took a bunch of misfits and he took them all the way to the Super Bowl. So uh, I think there's got to be something to say for his coaching style. Yeah, he, he's definitely done something there. And look, it's nice to see the Jaguars back. Like, I mean, ne- it's not often that they're good. I don't know how much shockwaves they can make in the playoffs. They've got a pretty tough matchup. I know they're higher ranked than the Chargers, but the Chargers, I still think, can do some damage. Yeah, I mean, going off the Chargers' last loss, sure, it, it was a surprise to myself, you know, that we managed <laughs> to come out and play, and now we're undefeated leading into the next season. But um, the Chargers have all the weapons. It's just, you know, and you look at also the stats of Justin Herbert and people talk about, like, social media quarterback and all that. Oh, He's just making yeah. the pretty throws. But you actually look, if you like, if you want to watch his games, they're good. But also, if you want to just ignore them and just be like a box score stat reader, which is fine, he yeah. actually has put up some good stats for the year. Like, you can't say that. I mean, Eckler's been the number one player in fantasy this year, so he's been putting up a heap of yards and touchdowns Absolutely. and all that. I mean, between Mike Williams um, and their other wide receiver, whose name escapes me at the moment. Um, Allen, who's come Keenan back. Allen, who, shit, yeah. Who's I come back know. and made an absolute splash. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, their line was decimated through the start of the year. Now it's building back up again. Mm-hmm. So I think this is an offense that is very capable. Um, I think you don't want them to get them on their bad day, but it's just sort of their inconsistencies, isn't it? It's real rock diamonds. Yeah, it is. And I, I suppose if, if 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 they do lose this first round of the playoffs, I know they've made it to the playoffs, um, Staley, where, what's his situation going next season then if they do lose week one? 
I think, look, as much as you're going forward and you, you've made that step into playoffs, um, and it is a hard division, the West, to make mm-hmm. it in, it considering, is, yeah. look, I know the Broncos are shit, but, you know, <laughs> you look at, like, guys like the, even the Raiders and things like that, they they manage to pull it together. And at times, these teams can be really good. So I think it is a tough division. The Chiefs really have it locked up. So you're fighting a wild card spot, especially around the AFC when there's guys like the Ravens having a wild card spot, you know. Even, like, Miami Dolphins, yes, they tailed off, but they were quite yeah. good. You had, like... Even New England Patriots, it's probably not in the conversation too much, but they were there about. So it is quite heavy in those three spots. Um, For me, I think if you want to go that next step further, you've got to go somewhere else other than Staley. Yes, he got you to the playoffs just, but I think if you want to make that next step, you've got to go away from Staley. Yeah, that, that, that'll be an interesting one to watch because I think, as you said, Herbert's, Herbert's obviously their future and, yes, that social media quarterback gets thrown around, but he does make some exceptional throws and I, I think, obviously, he's a talent for the future with them. People still talk about him being ranked higher than Burrow. Burrow's doing more, but potentially mm. in a better side. Oh, absolutely. And mechanics-wise, they all just froth for Herbert. Like, you just hear, like, <laughs> those um, Palmer and all that sort of stuff going on about him. Like, and he, and he is. He's really good at what he does. Um, yeah. But I think Burrow has just been in not right place, right time, but I think he's used where he's been at very well. Like, he's used his cattle well, I think, you know, like oh, the guys around him. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And he's done everything perfect. Um, so I think, I think he's definitely the way forward. Like, of all those quarterbacks, him – to our um, Lawrence Burrow, those are the guys that are that next generation coming through. Uh, Jalen Hurts, sorry, even Mac Jones to an extent. I think mm. those are the guys that are going to carry their team's next foot forward. Looking at guys like Fields and that, um, Dave Mills, he's not going to go anywhere. Mm. I mean, we can clearly see that Dobbs is probably not going to be a long-term starter or Willis and that. Those are the guys that I don't see making it through to the next round. No, no, definitely not. So, Look, I guess before we tuck into the playoffs week one, probably can have a look at our predictions and awards because I guess the regular season's finished now. We looked at these mm. halfway through the season. Yeah. We could probably quickly look into them now. Now, MVP, Mecklen yourself had Alan, I had Herbert. Now, I don't think either of those are going to win now. No, I think, look, it's either going to be a two-horse race between Mahomes um, yeah. and Justin Jefferson, which I think Mahomes is going to pip him. I know... It's probably, again, this is going to lean towards the quarterback and things like that, but that's the, sort of the only reason. You know, Justin yeah. Jefferson had a huge year. Don't get me wrong. Mm. Amazing. But, you know, in comparison, he did get shut down a couple of times, and I think that's some glaring holes, whereas you've just seen, like, Mahomes has just had just an unreal year, and he's just been way yeah. ahead of all the other quarterback so, competition, hasn't he? Like, he's correct. over 5,000 yards, and I think the next bloke is like 4,000, high 4,000s or something like that. Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, we talked about it, and, and we fell into the trap of he's going to have a dip because the wide receivers are leaving, but it, it doesn't matter for him. Like, I mean, Kelsey plays like a wide receiver, and he's still just got cattle there that are going to do the job. But, I mean, we, you just mentioned Justin Jefferson, and I think you're right in terms of he had a few games towards the end which didn't help him break the records. And I think to break the records is probably what he needed to do mm. to make himself a case for this. So that probably gives us a good segue into offensive player of the year. Yeah. You had Derek Henry, Michael and I had Justin Jefferson. We're a reasonable chance there. I think Justin Jefferson's going to get it. Yeah. I think he's all good there. Like, Again, he put up great yards, but mm. it's it's those couple of games like that Eagles game where he got locked up, the recent Packers game as well, where he got mm. absolutely shut down. Like that sort yep. of... Signs your eye out. Like, you can go out and dominate the Bears for 200 yards, fine. But, like, you know, that's just stat padding, isn't it, really? <laughs> oh, at the end of the day, you're right. Yeah, correct. It, it, it's, he's, he's excellent, and he's probably probably the best receiver at the moment, I think. Easily, yeah. And he's 
there's a future for him in terms of top five of all time, top three. Like, there's he's going to put up if he continues on the same trajectory, the numbers mm. he puts up is just going to be insane. Yeah, it's crazy. But I think um, probably the interesting one was everyone was looking at, you know, injuries. Uh, Jonathan Taylor was probably the other big name that was going to be running through. And he just, even when he was playing, I don't think he really had that sort of impact that they wanted. And possibly this is a bit more down to the quarterback play, but he still wasn't able to just push through like he was the year before. Yeah, it's interesting. I've seen the term bust thrown around a bit with him, and I think that's a really early call. Like, I think, I mean, people said that with Saquon Barkley after his injuries and said, no, nah, he's dead. But, yeah. I mean, we've seen what he's done this year. Yep. I don't think you can rule out Jonathan Taylor just yet. But, yeah, this season really was a downtrotter. Yeah, for, for sure, for sure. Um, look, what about Defensive Player of the Year? I suppose between us, I know I had Miles Garrett. Who do you think of? I had Parsons and Mikkel had Donald. Now, I, I actually think neither of us, none of us are going to get this. No. I, I think Bosa, I mean, is Bosa yep. going to win this? Yep. I mean, Bosa is probably like, people are talking about him being the third candidate for MVP. So, and I mean, yeah. that says a lot for a defensive guy to be up there with the offensive players in the MVP conversation. I mean, that guy's just had an absolute baller of a year. The San Francisco 49ers are just on a tear right now. And he's the one leading from the front. You know, it's not, when you think of the 49ers, it's not the offense. You know, as much as Brock Purdy has done and, you know, um, those other guys, it's the defense that you think of first, isn't it? Oh, 100% of these. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think, yeah, Bosa's done a huge amount. Source, I mean, he's probably not going to, he's going to be not going to be in contention, but he's had an excellent season, which we will mention in our mm. offensive defensive yep. rookie of the year. But, yeah, for me, Bosa, as you just said, has locked that up. I think his end of his season's just put his numbers well above everyone else. Um, comeback player of the year, Winston for you, Robinson for me, yeah. CMC for me. Cool. CMC's probably the closest of a chance, but is 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 there anyone better than him? Look, Saquon? there's not Saquon's the only one that comes to mind. I mean, no one really jumped off the paper this year, did they? Like, no. I mean, they were on about Smith, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Like, and I mean, they were sort of your comebacks. Like, Winston was one, you know, like CMC. I, I suppose Saquon was probably the only one. Hey, I mean, Dak to a lesser extent, but even then, like, not really that bad. I, I think it'd have to be Saquon. He he did come out. Giants are in the playoffs now for what the first time since 2016. You know, largely yeah, off the back of him. Photo, yeah. Well, exactly. Like, you, and you can't put that down all down to Daniel Jones as as good as he is. But <laughs> yeah. I think it comes off a lot of them, um, the new rookie coach and things like that. So yeah, yeah. probably Saquon for me. Yeah, no, I think I'm with you there. Okay, that leads us on to the rookies. Now, this is, I actually reckon this is probably going to be the hotly, most hotly contested offensive rookie of the year and defensive rookie of the year. Yeah. I don't think any of us, so Michael might get close. There's Brees Hall, who unfortunately went out. We would have been a chance, I think, yep. if he kept going on the I think he would have been a lock easily. Damien Pierce to me, who kind of tailed off a little bit. Kenny Walker, yep. who's no one had, but I think he's probably the best of the running backs now. Michael yep. Chris Olave. I yep. think it's between him and Garrett Wilson. But Garrett. Brock Purdy has made a late charge. Well, yeah, I think Brock Purdy, unfortunately, because he was only for like, what, six or seven games, half a season, he probably yeah. misses out. Um, Alave was great at the start of the year. Like, he was everywhere. I think, and again, just the way the Saints tailed off, he kind of tailed off a little bit. I mean, if you look at his stats, he's actually been tallying. Like, he's their highest catch maker and those sorts of things. But I just think that the way that Garrett Wilson played through the whole year, he was just sort of spectacular, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, oh, he was absolutely excellent. So, yeah, look, I think that's really hard. And I think just actually looking at the those wide receivers, we people always put up the graphic of those, that wide receiver room that Alabama had with Ruggs, mm. Jerry Judy, who else did they have? Devonta Smith and yep. Jalen Waddell. I think there's been photos now of the Ohio State room and not all of them are in the NFL yet, but you look at Olave, Wilson, Smith yep. and Jigba, 
yep. Marvin Harrison Jr. Yep. and even, even Amuka. And there's another guy that I forget that I can't think of at the moment. But that, like Ohio State, have just produced receiver after receiver. Yeah, they're going nuts at the moment, aren't they? And mm-hmm. I mean, it'll be interesting to see some of those guys come back in. I mean, Smith and Jigbert um, didn't even play this year, but he's going to be a high draft pick. We just know that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, their games in the semifinal as well. Like the reason that they, I think they probably went down was because um, was it Henderson or whatever that went off in in the sort of third quarter, I think. Um, yeah, Harrison did go. Yeah, Harrison. And, and sorry, they, yeah, they could definitely be targeting in that one, which is actually contentious, I think. Mm. Yeah, but I think, you know, that's sort of the quality that speaks to these guys. Like, they were basically the Ohio State offense. CJ Stroud, obviously, was slinging just absolute bullets. But these guys these guys were presenting so well that it made his job that much easier, I reckon. Oh, my word, it did. So, yeah, look, it's it's, it's an interesting one. Uh, but, look, there's there's going to be so many wide receivers coming to the NFL out of that, out of that factory. Um. So, yeah, look, to me, it's out of those two wide receivers, but I yep. think we go on to another contentious one. Defensive rookie of the year. Now, you've got Sauce. We've yes. got Aiden Hutchison. Honestly, like, and I think it's going to go to Sauce. Yeah. But Hutchison has put up a ridiculous season. Nine and a half sacks, three intercepts, and just a monster amount of tackles. And like, I, I think he's actually been unbelievable. It's just a shame that someone like Hutchison or even Tariq Woolen. Woolen's probably another one. That has jumped off the page. I think he, what was he leading the league in interceptions? He, he did. Yeah, he did. I think he, I think he is the, the interception title. Yes, correct. Yeah, him, Gardner Johnson, Simmons, even from you guys, and someone mm. else. There's four that tied it. But yeah, look, I mean, in his first season, a pick so far down. But I think Source is the one that's going to get it because he just locked up everyone. Source was just ridiculous. Like, and, and the thing was, he didn't take heaps of interceptions, but it was just the fact that he just locked these guys up and anyone that came to him, and especially when the Jets were down, he was never down, was he? And I think that was probably the biggest part. Like you saw in Swings and Waves, like Hutchison, he started sort of a bit slow. He had that mm-hmm. kind of peak a little bit, but then he went away and it was kind of, it was dependent on if the lines went well, he was unreal. But if they were chips were down, he sort of like seemed to come in and out and fade in and out. Yep. Whereas like Sauce, like they just got battered at points and he was still just unbelievable. Yeah, he was. I mean, there's not many receivers that made much on him. I think like he only gave up 300 and something yards. I don't know. He might've given up one touchdown, which is in itself ridiculous. Woolen's the same. Um, yeah. If, if it's, it's a shame for Hutch. Cause I think if this season happened without Sauce Gardner, I think he wins it. Yeah. But I think Sauce, I mean, there's a lot of hype around him, a lot of hype around both of them, but I mean, just for a first season for a position like the cornerback, yeah, I think he takes it home, and I think you get that one right. He's killed it. He's 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 living up to Revis Island, just taking up that mantle <laughs> of the Jets down there, isn't he? So, yeah. But it'll it'll be huge. It's been a good year, I think. It's been a great regular season. Um, look, certainly some disappointments, especially for some of those teams coming in that are quite injury battered into the playoffs. I know you guys are one there. Yeah. Um, Dolphins another. Some of these other guys, um, I know we're pretty disappointed, obviously, the way that our season went. Hackett's gone. We're obviously going to – I think the biggest thing is ever – they're interviewing a lot of people, you know, Jim Harbour, Sean Payton. um, I think the um, Dolphins offensive coordinator, there was like I think maybe the Cowboys defensive coordinator. So there's a lot of guys in good teams and good positions that I think we're going after. Um, But – 
I think it'll be interesting to see Sean Payton's obviously number one on the list, right? You know, you got Sean Payton and Jim Harbaugh, right? That was yeah, that was going to be my question to you. Is you know, like before we get into biggest, I was looking here, surprise and disappointments. I saw is that next mm. category, but yeah, for you as a Broncos fan, what you would want? I mean, you're going to have to give up something for Payton. I think that's yep. the biggest hitch. In it's going to be like plan. a draft pick, which we don't have. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> potentially, yeah, potentially a first rounder, which you do not own. So there, that puts a problem there. Um, so yeah, Payton to me seems a logical choice. But yeah, outside of that, Harbour. Probably Harbour. Yeah, I think just what Harbour is supposed to do. And he's obviously done it at the NFL level as well. Like it wasn't and it wasn't like he was bad at the NFL level and no, just went no, to no, college no. or whatever. Like like yeah. like he was good. And now he's created like a Michigan area, which is just that program is so good. Yeah. Um, but I think Look, obviously, Sean Payton comes with a bit of a couple of caveats. One, yes, obviously, we've got to give some something to the Saints. Uh, but two, I believe the word is that he wants to come on his terms. So he's going to obviously have, you know, full authority, which I think is probably not a bad thing, you know, whether that's like coach GM type thing, brings yeah. his own team, cleans house, whatever. Um, probably the only non-negotiable would be Russell Wilson. But you could you could see something like Sean Payton being like, if I don't want him, he's not going to be here. Um, so I think that might be the toughest thing to bring him in. Yeah, I think there's going to be the biggest question mark there of what that coach wants and what they're going to get out of it. So, yeah, that's a space to watch. There's going to be a lot of coaching carousels. be interesting to see where someone like Cliff Kingsbury lands. Um, mm. Obviously, he's been fired. I mean, he could be an offensive coordinator anywhere, but whether he wants to do that rather than head coach, um, I mean, I'd take him as an offensive coordinator any day of the week. Yeah, you guys stink at the moment. you got to get oh, rid of that guy. Fuck. Yeah, Greg Roman's fucked. He must have something on John Harbour. He's got a photo of him or something. But, yeah, look, <laughs> I, I don't know. So, yeah, we'll talk about that as we get into the games. Biggest surprises this year that we had, you've nailed it. Eagles absolutely, yeah. absolutely nailed it. I think we we looked, and Mika was, I mean, he, he's always pretty coy on his teams, but we looked at their team, we looked at their acquisitions, and we thought, fuck, like, AJ Brown's one, and um, Hassan Reddick is one that went under the radar. I think Hassan Reddick mm. is a phenomenal pickup. Um, pairing Slay with who did they pick up at corner? James Bradbury was excellent, and then just some of the picks they made. Gardner Johnson's been phenomenal. I, I look for me, yeah, they've they've been an absolute standout, um, and I think that's a great call by you. Uh, mine was Lions and Jets, both yep. fluctuated throughout the season. I think the Lions started really nicely, then had a period out, and then they obviously went all right towards the end. Jets went the other way; they started really nicely and trailed out. They've got all sorts of problems going into next season. Mika went with Trubisky. Yeah. That data didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He was was probably the biggest disappointment, I think. Like Trubisky, obviously, like, probably should never have been a number two pick, but he did go away. And remember, he took the Bears to the playoffs. You know, they Mm. go out on a double-doink field goal. Okay, sure. He takes a year or two away, goes to the Bills, backs up behind Josh Allen. And, And when he played at the Bills, he was actually quite good. Like, when he stood in for him, it was great. Um, He looked like he was making all the right reads. And he comes in and he gets a Steelers offense, which is his. And again, started the year, you know, not crash shot, but again, all right. They got a couple of early wins, pretty ugly wins, but they were wins. Yeah. Um, and then he just fell off a cliff, didn't he? Like it just, it just all unraveled. And I think that was just the end of just, you just went, okay, you're, this is when you know you're not up to NFL standard, regardless of what we give you, regardless of what situation we can provide you. If you're the guy week to week, you clearly can't handle this. No, I definitely not. And he made a comment the other day and he's like, oh, I wish I didn't sign with the first team that came to me, which was the Steelers. But I mean, like, what other options did you have? I think that's, that's, that's an easy thing to say. But I mean, who else was taking him to try and play quarterback one? Why? No one. I mean, maybe like looking at some of the guys that picked up players, like maybe the Falcons. I mean, uh, Texans would 
probably always be open for one, I suppose. But like, mm, you know, yeah. Panthers were the only other guys shopping around for a quarterback, weren't they? Or the Broncos. But you, the Broncos were after someone high end. You know, that was yeah. like a Rogers yeah. Wilson type thing. Correct. You, you wouldn't go anywhere near Trubisky if you were the Broncos. So, uh, look, I don't think he had many other options, especially to be starting quarterback. I mean, maybe he could have popped into the Seahawks, but again, they had plenty coming in with like Drew Locke and Geno Smith and that. So, I think I think if he were to look at it properly, I don't know how many options he actually would have had. No, he wouldn't have. Now, that's a funny one. Going into biggest disappointments, I mean, if you looked at this after the first month, you and I absolutely were on fire and Mika was making a horrible call. It ends up being flipping the table. You went Bengals. Now, they started poorly, ended <laughs> yep. the season really nicely. I still think people, people have them going really far. I'm still not sold on them. I had the Cowboys, who also started horribly. Have obviously made it to the playoffs and could, yep. do, could go reasonably deep. Mikkel had the Dolphins who started like a house on fire and went up and down throughout the season. So probably not the best calls from any of us, but it's hard to predict. Well, I think probably one of the biggest things about the Dolphins while they fluctuated was obviously the concussion issues with Tua. And mm-hmm. say what you will about him, left arm QB, you know, not great arm strength, all that sort of stuff, the reads. But you can see there is a clear trend that when he's there, the Dolphins do win. And I mean, look, Teddy Bridgewater came in, he was no good, and now they're going to go into a playoff game with Skylar Thompson or whatever his name is. And it's just, you just don't even give them a chance in hell. Like what was the game against the Jets last week? It was like 11-6 and it was all on, no touchdowns were scored. And this is like to get into a playoff game, you know? So uh, I think if you want to look at guys that really changed their team, I mean, they were going to be a good surprise. And I think they would have been a lot more competitive if Tua had stayed healthy. I mean, concussions aside, and and for good reason, he's staying out this week as well, which is, you know, obviously tough on a football thing, but they can see that, you know, long-term, this is going to be better to have him back this week rather than to, you know, try and push him back for one week um, and end up having like a weekend at Bernie's type situation where they, you know, <laughs> basically walk him through and then he ends up getting banged up and what they get bundled out next week anyway. So, and then he's yeah. out for six months, like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And therein lies the problems for a few teams with quarterback injuries, such as the Ravens, which we will dive into soon as we get into the playoffs. But yeah, like you're right. Like you're putting a lot on the line to potentially go one week further. What does that yeah. do if you, you get a worse draft pick? I don't think you only make any more money or anything like that. But no. yeah, it, it's it's an interesting play. Yeah, for sure. So I think that was. Um... Yeah, it's tough on the Dolphins. I think they had a really good year, but then there were also some really down parts, and I don't think that was sort of uh, – it felt like it was a bit out of their control, essentially, is what I'm trying to look yeah. forward to. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I think so. I absolutely agree with you there, but they've got a future. They're, they're looking nice for the future, so that'll be interesting. I think the only thing we mentioned before we go into playoffs is the Houston Texans. Yeah. <laughs> What's doing? Like, you brought this up the other day. I was like, oh, maybe it's not too bad. I'm like, well, no, hang on a second. Yeah, like, they want a quarterback. Teams yep. can now trade to the Colts to go to number one, and people will do that. And Bears. they're not going to get Bryce Young. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, the yeah, the Bears, not the Colts. The Colts will move up potentially to get <laughs> someone. Um, yeah, I think the Bears stick with Fields. They've got so much cap. They've got so many draft picks, and they could trade down to get more draft picks. No brainer. What are the Texans doing? Well, it's interesting. Um, I did see one thing because uh, what was his name, Mike Lovett or whatever, he got fired. Um, mm. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lo- game. Smith, whatever his name is, yeah. Lovey Smith, that's him. Um, I think there was talk that hey, maybe he's done this. You know, I mean, to be honest, on a fourth and twenty-six, you were probably just assuming that you were going to lose the ball regardless. Oh, yeah. So that was kind of a hit and hope. Anyways, in come Davis Mills, he throws it, and you go, oh shit, he's actually got it. Um, yeah, I've had two, you know, if you're Lovey Smith here, you're thinking, okay, I've had two losing seasons. We're at the bottom of the ladder. 
I'm clearly not going to get my contract renewed. You know, if we go for a two-point conversion here and we miss, okay, we still get the number one pick. I'm still fired. If we get a two-point conversion, uh, we win. We don't get the number one pick and I'm still fired. Yeah, why don't I give a big F you to the Texans uh, organization? And that's on, that's my legacy. I, <laughs> I leave losing them a number one pick. Yeah, massive fuck you on the way out pretty much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So but, that's my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, look, it's an interesting take, but I, I I agree. I have seen people talk about this. And yeah, his writing was on the wall. He was gone regardless. And the Colts, mm. I mean, putting your tinfoil hat on here quickly, I mean, the Colts know that they could trade up and get a quarterback. So why not let the Texans slip and go for a team that could get it? Well, geez, how about that interception attempt? Like the guy literally had two hands on it. It's just gone straight <laughs> through the mob, please. Yeah, correct. So that was just a wild one to finish the season. And I think it's going to be interesting come draft season, which we're always excited for in a couple of months' time. But before that, we do have the playoffs. Now, playoffs, we have put on our Instagram that there is a competition for the playoff bracket. Um, and we have a competition running. There's 13 spots that three have already been taken. So there's 10 spots left in our competition if you're listening to this now. Um, there's a code on our Instagram, just log in, join NFL Australia have been kind enough to offer the winner of our competition, uh, NFL game pass subscription. That's worth $150. So, I mean, that's not a sneaky little prize. You wouldn't sneeze at. No, not at all. And if you guys don't get in, I'm going to have to win it. So, but I'll win it anyway, because obviously I know what's going on in the game, <laughs> um, but sign up regardless and, uh, get in touch with us. So, but it's fun. I think it's good that they're getting in and I think we're all, just excited between us, NFL AU, um, and all the other content creator guys, you know, like Pastry oh, Press, Aussie yeah. Edith, Fantasy, and those guys, Outback QB. It's just about growing the game, which we're keen to do. So especially like there's no better time when there's better football, like the playoffs that all eyes are on. You know, there is no other sport. Everyone's over the Big Bash League. No one could care about the A-League <laughs> and everything else. You know, World Cup's done. Nothing else matters really at the moment, does it? No, that's right. Australian Open coming up, but that can push aside for a couple of days and we'll let well, we'll watch. Rounds. We'll watch Kyrgios play for two weeks and then once it gets bundled out, we'll be over it again. And, yeah, the only know. thing we're keen on for the first few weeks of tennis is is trying to make multis off these low winners and trying to build a huge 15-leg multi to win. <laughs> we do love that. We should get back into that, actually, now that we're getting close to I mean, it is like almost baseball season as well. You could pick up some easy ones for those. Oh, gosh, yeah, they're really diving into some absolute stinkers <laughs> there. So, yeah, look, I, I think... With it, well, I think we, we, we just got to go into these matchups. Um, yeah, absolutely. The first match we look at here, we look at Seattle at San Francisco now. And an NFC West matchup. How did these two matches shake up during the season? I actually need to go and have a look at that. But first initial thoughts while I go and get that up. Well, the Seahawks actually lost to San Francisco 21 to 13 last time they played. It was about four or five weeks ago. Um, yeah. On paper, you look at this and you go, this is going to be an absolute spanking of no regard. San Francisco are going to come out on their home deck. They're going to absolutely dust the Seahawks. Like Geno Smith is going to be seeing so many ghosts. Kenneth Walker is going to get bullied in there in the middle. Um, and Brock Purdy is going to come out and throw for 303. Like it'll just be, it'll just be ridiculous. But on the Seahawks this season, I think they've done really well to get here. Yeah. Um, and I think they actually put up a bit of a fight. Like this is a San Francisco team that is in itself quite experienced, obviously going to NFC championships and Super Bowls in the last three to four years. Yep. Um, but their key players aren't. I think you've got like Brock Purdy. I don't believe that they're going to rush Jimmy Garoppolo back in. If I was them, I wouldn't bother either. I no. think what's going is working. Um, you've got Christian McCaffrey, who I don't think has been in a playoff game as well, um, and a few other guys. So I think, look, these are guys in – 
in the general, the squad's obviously experienced, but there's guys in key positions that aren't sort of experienced in these high stakes game, and that could possibly give them some jitters to start with. I don't think they'll lose, but I think it'll it'll take them a little bit to get into the game and settle their nerves. Yeah, it's funny. A lot of people have them going the whole way, and, and initially, I think I've changed my 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 bracket now because just thinking about as you've just mentioned, Brock Purdy, like fairy tale season so far for him. He's been excellent. Mm. The team's the team is very good ever since they picked up Christian McCaffrey. They've been excellent. It sort of added a lot to their game. Their defense has always been lights out. They've got the cavalry back. Their team is really top to bottom nice. But, yeah, Purdy, I think he'll continue to play through this series. I think it has two benefits for them, I think. I mean, he gets him experience, but at the same time, like if that gets him more value, they could possibly trade him yep. and he could go play somewhere else. They could get a bit of value for him. Um, but I have them bombing out. Eventually, I think they'll, they'll win this one. I think Seattle, we talked about at the start of this year, we thought, fuck, they're going to win two games and that's it. They've mm-hmm. far exceeded expectations. They've got a future. They're a team that's going to be exciting for the next few years. Whether they keep Geno Smith or not, that's the question because they've got your pick and they could get a quarterback early and then pick up something for Geno Smith. So they'll be an interesting one to watch regardless of whether they make it. San Fran, as you just mentioned, um, I think I've eventually got losing to Philly if Philly make it to that uh, NFC yeah. Championship. But Purdy, I think, could be the undoing. He's a rookie. Yep. And I know we can't like, people write him off just because they're rookies and there's no reason to, but I think eventually he's going to get found out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You eventually run out of steam, and I think that's that's a fair enough assessment of how far he's come, essentially. Like, it's been great. Oh, yeah. No one's, no one's doubting what he's done, but I think it's the fact that, like, you and you don't want to, but you are almost sitting there waiting to be like, oh, when does the magic run out? Like, when does this guy finally hit a wall? You know, mm. not that I want him to, but it's just like, shit, when is he going to? Because, again, he's not. he didn't come out of a college as an amazing quarterback. You know, he hasn't got all the great mechanics and things like that. He's just a, he's just a good player who's making some basic reads, and they've simplified the offense for him, which is working. Yeah. But I think once you're going to start coming up against some of those high-caliber teams in those high-caliber situations – that's when the pressure really gets onto you, you know, playing the Eagles yeah. in the NFC Championship game or, you know, taking on the Vikings in, you know, a divisional round matchup or something like that. Or if the Cowboys manage to get through and you're facing their defense, those are sort of the games that I think will really push them to the limit and could possibly, you know, where the mistakes end up. And again, in these sorts of games, it's just one sort of slip up and your whole momentum can go. Like, just ask TCU. Oh, yeah, yeah, which we will talk about <laughs> after this playoffs, which is just wild in itself. But, yeah, look, I think just a quick prediction, San Fran for you? Yep. Yeah, San Fran for me as well. Um, this moves us on to, which I believe could be the best game or the worst game of the weekend. This, this could, <laughs> There's no middle ground for this game. This could go either way. This could be an absolute stinker or just be an absolute slog fest and putting up points left, right and centre. Jacksonville charges, I think, is going to be – I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I mean, both teams coming in on relatively good records. You know, Chargers obviously dropped their last game, but between that, but the both of them have won like four of their last five or something, mm-hmm. five of their last six or something like yeah. that. So they're both playing well. Um, both young, inexperienced teams as well, I think. Like, obviously, Chargers probably have a little bit of older heads here and there. Yeah. But on on the general of it, inexperienced when it comes to playoffs. I mean, when was the I mean, Chargers probably the last time they were there 
this was like probably obviously Philip Rivers days, but like it's been a while, you know, maybe pre like 2014 or something like that before Peyton Manning they, came in. Were they the ones that just dipped out last year with against the Raiders in the last? Yes, week? correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, yeah, that was their close. So I think it's been it's been a good five six years. I don't think Jaguars have been in since that like run that Blake Bortles had all the way up to yeah, the AFC then Championship then, yeah, game. Yeah, correct. In 2016, throwing a bokes like Marquise Lee and a few yeah. others. So yeah, I mean, yeah, for Jaguars fans, the last few years have been dire, but. As we've talked about earlier in this episode, Peterson, Lawrence, yep. Eddie Ann, and then the defense has put it together. I, I think they've been excellent. So I, I'd love to see them advance. I, I'd like to see both these teams advance. I think these are two teams that people don't hate. I mean, personally, mm. I don't. Yep. I, I don't have anything against either of these teams. I know one of them's a competition for you guys in the West, but like they're they're, they're quite well liked teams. Yeah, I still enjoy um, them too. For me, I've flipped and turned on this one. I think I've stuck with the Chargers, but I could be swayed either way. What have you got with? I think I'll end up going with Jaguars. I think just the way, like, if Chargers had have beaten Broncos last week, I probably would have leaned towards it. And I think it's the way that, like, the Chargers have won recently. Like, obviously, they dominated the Rams and the um, Colts, but it's like those games against Miami, Tennessee, and, like, these are these are teams that are down now. You know, that was probably like a Malik Willis, Tennessee, you know, <laughs> a Teddy Bridgewater, Miami, and they've only just yeah. gone over the top of these teams. So I think when it comes to, like, a, a stronger quarterback play, they sort of haven't been able to put it together. I mean, what did they play? They obviously played a Baker Mayfield Rams. They played like a Sam Ellinger Colts. So I don't, I don't see them their defense being able to keep up with someone like a Trevor Lawrence or whatever. I like Jacksonville. Obviously, the home ground advantage gives them a good. But I'm I'm just feeling Jacksonville. I don't know. I and obviously I don't want another team from the West to win as well. <laughs> no, look, I actually think you made a fair point there. And and both teams have had reasonable runs towards the end of the season, like you mentioned. Um, but yeah, I guess it is funny when you look at them in a vacuum and you look at the games they played against, what quarterbacks they played against the Chargers. So I know you can only play who you put up against, but now that doesn't matter. We're here and you're mm. actually playing these quality teams that have made it here and you might not have seen many during the season. So yeah, look, I think we're going to go either way on this game. It could go either way with one we're quite excited for, but that rolls us out of, well, Sunday for them, Monday, yep. no, Monday. Sunday for us, Monday. No, I think it's... We Saturday for them. Yeah, Sunday, Sunday for, us. for us. That puts us to Monday. Monday morning, Correct. I don't think we're getting up at this for 5 a.m. Probably earlier in the season we might have. Miami-Buffalo. Miami won this one of the matchups earlier in the season, I think, yes. a really good game. Um, Buffalo, I believe, won the other one, but that has been the story of what you mentioned earlier of Tua Tungavailoa. I think the Bills clean this one up. It's going to be cold. Yeah. They're playing with Skylar Thompson, who's yeah. just in this situation somehow, and I don't think they get it done. No, this is going to be a pasting of like high regards. Bills run away with this and they run away with it well. Um, Mm -hmm. It's unfortunate what's going on. Um, And I mean, I think Bills are probably still playing emotionally charged as well with the whole DeMar Hamlin situation as well. Um, So I think you can't discount that, you know, they're out there doing it for their brother and it's it's paying dividends. uh, Yeah, I feel really sorry for the Dolphins, but they're going to get absolutely spanked. Yeah, this one will be an absolute pasting. I don't think there's much more to say about this. We won't watch it live. We probably don't care. So that leads us on to, I believe, the potential banana peel game this weekend. I believe I've picked Minnesota purely on the fact they're at home and they do have good weapons. But I think New York could cause the upset here this week. I've thought all season the Vikings probably aren't as good as what they're made out to be and what their record was for a very long time. Um. Close game three weeks ago, 27-24 uh, to the Vikings. But, look, I think this game could be absolutely anything. 
Well, that's me. I mean, if both teams come out, and I think probably the issue is with these guys is it's their errors. Uh, like, obviously, at their best, these are two of the best teams in the NFC. We know that. The Giants have been really good. They've got great mm-hmm. weapons on offense. They've been really so- solid on defense. Yep. You know, you flip that to Minnesota, um, offense is unreal. Those guys are great. Um, defense can be a little bit patchy here and there, but it's quite solid as well. It's when it comes down to the errors, you know, the penalties and those sorts of things with these guys that's where it starts to um, leak points. And I think it's going to be who who moves first and who, you know, makes the first mistake. And it'll just sort of build on that. And I think the momentum that you're able to garner from that, that's mm. where you'll be able to grab a foothold in their defense and, you know, push harder. And that's where, uh, like, I'd probably lean, again, just lean towards Minnesota just because um, of home ground advantage and those sorts of things. But this could be anything really. Oh, it absolutely could be. And I'm just quickly looking at the game that they played recently. This was in Minnesota. This was the Greg Joseph 61-yard field goal to win the game. So, I mean, mm. these Giants were never out of this by any stretch. Um, Kenny Golladay caught a touchdown last week, so he's ready and firing to go. He's back, baby. <laughs> um, but, yeah, for me, I'm tempted to change my decision. I'm really, really tempted, and, and I'll call this now. I think the Giants could cause the upset, but I'm just gonna, yeah. I will stick with my Vikings pick. But... I'm not. I'm not sold on it. So, this game I think could be game of the week. No, yeah, back yourself. Um, moving on to your boys, uh, Ravens go to the Bengals, and which is going to be a tough one because I think you guys are clearly not at full strength. And even if you get all your cattle back, like Lamar plays and all that, I really think he's going to be subpar and underdone. Yeah. And I think this could be, you know, a, a bit of a sliding doors moment where the Bengals get one up over the Ravens and they look to go back to the Super Bowl again. Yeah, unfortunately, it does pay me to say that. And I think a lot of Ravens fans are banking on Lamar coming back. But when I do think about it more, how many quarterbacks can come back from five, six weeks off, not training, not throwing, and come into a playoff game and play lights out? It's possible. Yeah. But it's it's not probable. So, look, Tyler Huntley has also not been training. Anthony Brown, look, we played him last week. We went to their home field. We played him last week. Pretty much full-strength defense. Pretty subpar offense, which has been par for course the last month. Um, but look, three turnovers, one in the end zone, which caused a touchdown, two interceptions in our own half, which led to 21 points. I mean, 21 of their, what, 27 points came from that. They did, they scored three points in the second half. We did fuck all offensively. Um, we went for a field goal. No, we went for it on fourth down when we could have taken a field goal earlier in the game, which is again, par for course for the Ravens. Fuck. So I don't want to – I think we're a chance. I think a lot of people – I think 95% of people have picked the Bengals here. I'm still hopeful, but that's me looking through rose-coloured glasses. Yeah, it it definitely is. The Bengals are going to come in and absolutely eat you alive. I mean, (laughs) look, the big thing is Joe Burrow has, we've known, is just so good in these moments. Jamar Chase is always elite. Um, Some of those guys are out there playing. I I don't know. Look, again – this will be a close game in the end because these ones always are these divisional matchups and things like mm. that. But I, I just think, you know, you guys are so underdone at the moment. And again, it's going to be another thing like the Dolphins, you know, do you guys push this just for this one win? And then yeah. what you go and play the Bills or something the next week and get spanked anyway. It's like, well, that's, I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah. And and the competitor yeah. in them will want to do it regardless. Oh, like, yeah, you know, gotcha. Lamar is a competitor, absolutely. Yeah. But it's sort of just like, will this. Will this be something that comes back to bite you in the ass? Oh, highly likely. Now, yeah, it will be interesting if we who plays quarterback, but we also get back Mark Andrews, who didn't play last week. We also get back J.K. Dobbins, who didn't play last week. Gus Edwards was also concussed in the game. So, look, we do have options and we do have players coming back and the cavalry is coming. But, yeah, look, 
I find it hard to see us winning. I will back us in. I'll pick us just because I can't not. Um, <laughs> another scenario that I would love to see, the Jets do us a favour. They release Joe Flacco. He comes back to the promised land. Our defence leads us and we go all the way, baby. All right. That, that's, that's, you got to cut that there. I, you, I think you should be in concussion <laughs> protocol after that sort of talk. Jesus Christ, mate. Yeah, but look. look, good luck to you. Uh, you're going to need it. Um, but yeah, I'm sticking with the Bengals for me. <laughs> Yeah, no, look, it, it, yeah, I think I'm a bit biased here, so I'm going to have to stay with the Ravens. This leads us to Dallas and Tampa. Now, Tampa have scraped in in the shittest division in the NFL. Yep. Dallas have had a pretty good season. Their last game, obviously, they weren't really playing for Diddley after the Eagles pretty much sewed it up very early in their matchup. I think they were always going to paste who they were playing, um, yep. so that didn't matter for them. So this one, a lot of people are saying, oh, Brady, Brady's never lost to the Cowboys. Brady's never lost the Cowboys. Yeah, sure, that's great, but this is also different. Like, yeah, they, yeah. they yeah, I don't know. I, I don't read into that sort of stuff too much. It's hard. I think I've tipped the Buccaneers again just because of that, like, Brady, whole Brady thing. But, you know, this is when you look at it, this is a team where the Cowboys are four games ahead of the Buccaneers. They were actually oh. really good, yep. like, a whole team-wise. I thought, you know, my thought was their defense wasn't going to be as crash hot this year, but Micah Parsons and the boys have led them forward. Um, I think probably the only thing for me is the inconsistencies of Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. Like they just, there just has been no sort of um, form. And I think they've been able to work their way through it, you know, obviously get 12 wins. Mm. But every time you watch him and he drops back or he stays in the pocket for more than three to four seconds, you get really worried about what's going to happen to the ball after that, don't you? And that's sort of what I have an issue with when it comes to playoffs. You know, when this guy is holding onto the ball, it just when it really makes you nervous about where it's going to end up on the other side of the TV. Oh yeah. Oh, hundred percent. So yeah, look, I, I, I was kind of just looking through, I guess we talk about Tampa Bay and they sort of haven't been in the high regard this year. Their wins. I mean, they beat the Cowboys week one. Now that was without mm. Dak, I believe. Um, yes, Cowboys didn't look like anything. Saints they beat who weren't much chop Falcons. They beat Rams, Seahawks. They won Saints again, Cardinals and Panthers. The resume doesn't amazing. really the resume doesn't really say much for them, but again, it is Tom Brady, it is the playoffs. I don't know. I'm at a loss here. The Cowboys, I think I've picked, but I don't know. Like there are enough good guys out on the Tampa Bay offense that they can run up a score on the Cowboys. Mm. And I think there are enough inconsistencies on the Cowboys offense that they could give the Tampa Bay defense a chance. And that's where I see this sort of hanging on a knife's edge. Um, again, who cracks first type thing. And that's why I'm kind of just leading towards a bit more of that experience where is at the Cowboys, there is that sort of DAC playoffs kind of hoodoo. And I don't know, I got to lean into these hoodoos, man. I just, I just, I can't go against them these days. It's too hard. It's, it's against, it's against the laws of nature for me. Yeah, well, that's right. And I think if you're going to buy into hoodoos, we're looking here. The Cowboys have lost eight road postseason games in a row. Street yep. date, 30 years, obviously. But uh, I mean, most of these players weren't born then. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's something you can buy into if you really want to read the tea leaves. But <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I think Cowboys get away with this. I think the Cowboys are definitely a lot better team. Yeah, uh, I think it'll be it'll be a fun week, won't it? Because a lot of these matchups, like we're sitting here now trying to work our way through them. There's what, probably one or two that we really, you know, know that are going to be a win. The yep, rest of definitely. them, this could be like a flip of a coin, couldn't it? 100%. And that's what's so exciting about this part of the season. I think we're finally getting the best teams against each other. Whether they're at full strength or whether they're not, these teams, are, yeah, they deserve to be there, but we're super excited. 
Yeah, elite. So speaking of playoffs, obviously the college football playoffs just wrapped up as well. Um, and look, some great games, some great bowl games. Um, came out a little bit of a puff of smoke though with Georgia absolutely totaling TCU to take the championship and uh, win. What was your overall thoughts of that game and I suppose maybe bowl season in itself? Bowl season was exciting. I think we, I was happy with how we went. You guys not so well. Game was tight for you guys, but Tulane ended up rolling over the top of you in what was potentially one of the best games of the bowl season. Yeah, we, wiped the floor. we wiped the floor with Clemson, so that was really nice. TC, I mean, for me, this kind of speaks to the fact that the bowl, the playoffs need to be expanded. Yeah. Yes, TCU made it, but I mean, let's look at their last two games of the year. Sorry, last three. They, they did beat Michigan. Let's let's not forget about that. They lost the Big 12 final, like the, the championship. To Kansas State, State, yep. And then got absolutely pantsed by Georgia, who rightly so are the best team in the nation. They deserve to win. They're the number one team. They obviously were the best team. But yep. me, ECU, looking at their schedule, looking at everything like that, like they had a good season. They had a lot of come from behind wins. And yes, they made their, so fair play to them. But yeah, for me, mm. this, this plays into this needs to expand sooner rather than later. Yeah, and I think it... It's, it opens up in the debate of like, oh, the SEC is so much better than the other divisions. And I think to a point, yes, like the top of the SEC is unreal. I mean, you look at their bowl season, um, Georgia, mm. obviously two big wins mm. over two huge programs. you got Alabama had that big um, win over um, K-State. You guys had the nice win over um, Clemson. Clemson. Yep. And I think that was sort of about it, wasn't it? Because um, you had Florida went down, they stunk. I'm pretty sure South Carolina went down, Ole Miss went down. Um, so a lot of those guys, obviously Texas A&M was pretty poo in the regular season as it was. Yeah. Um, so I think, look, the SEC, yes, some of those teams are really fucking good, like at the mm-hmm. top, but there's a lot of shit floating around the SEC. Let's not forget that. Yeah. This um, season, definitely. I, th- I guess it's hard with the SEC because I mean, the, the, the turnover is so vast with these programs because they pick up so many new blokes. Like it's not yeah. long before Florida will be back in contention. It's not long before A&M will be back in contention, but yeah, you're right. There is a lot of crap that gets floated around in the SEC this year that people rave on about, and they're good. But, like, yeah, they floundered in, 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 the, in the bowl season this year. Yeah, well, and I think that's the other thing about the committee. Like, I, I have never been a huge fan of the committee. I'll admit that too. But I mm. think possibly TCU probably shouldn't have been in the four. They definitely had didn't have a chance to play against Georgia. But I think the fact is, for me, those other teams like Alabama, um, obviously USC for a point as well, um, even Ohio State got pretty lucky, I think, but they showed that they probably deserved to be there matching up against Georgia. Definitely. But I think the fact is that throughout the whole season, all the committee's job was was to see who the best team was over the season. Now, yes, in one game, Alabama probably could have done a better job against Georgia. I don't doubt that. But yeah. the fact was that they had whole season to make their wins and just tick boxes, and they couldn't. They lost to you guys. They lost to LSU. Um, and basically, that, that sort of put you know a cross on their season, didn't it? And I think, you know, they had opportunities. USC had opportunities. We got to play Utah twice, for God's sake, and we blew it. And then we blew it against Tulane. Yeah. I mean, um, we even had opportunities. We, we got out, we got 60 put on us by Spencer Rattler. I mean, they, that tells me that well, we're not. Exactly. We're not yeah. There, but like, and it tells as you said, all it takes is one game in this sort of competition. Yeah. And I mean, TCU proved that they did deserve to be there by, you know, going ahead and going toe to toe to Michigan. I mean, sure, mm-hmm. there were probably some iffy calls, and I think they got some momentum. Um, but 
they did everything to come out and actually go and beat them. And I think obviously if you look at it again, and you can compare like, you know, wins over wins because, you know, TCU beat Michigan and Michigan flogged Ohio State. So therefore, yada, yada. But again, on the day, Ohio State turned up and played well against Georgia. So look to all that, those naysayers, I say, yes, Alabama probably could have done a better job. Fine. But we're not here to win an SEC championship. Actually, we couldn't even watch them in the SEC championship because they failed that issue, they, that exact problem. They, yep. they didn't do enough in the regular season to be there. So it's a moot point. Move on. We've got the four. But now we look towards 12, and I think it's going to be a lot better, and we're going to start seeing, you know, obviously the same sort of teams again, but it's going to give a lot more opportunity to some of those other guys outside of the four. Yeah, I think it does. And I think it's funny because you look at Georgia's schedule for next season and they're back. They're going to be back. Their team's not going to change. They'll yeah. change, but like, I mean, their, their schedule's pretty poor in terms of, yeah, they play the East, but I think obviously if you've, we've talked about before, we're probably the best contender in the East. There might be another one that jumps in during the year. Mm. Their sec West opponents are pretty piss poor. And then the rest yeah. of their schedule is absolute junk. Well, I mean, and that's the thing, like most you look at most college football schedules and they're not crash hot. I mean, people have got to play these old legacy rivalries and stuff where mm. some of these schools are fucking dead from 50 years ago. Like, <laughs> but that's just college football. Like you can only go out and play. And I mean, the cream will rise to the top. We should get the top best 12 nations. I think, I think the new year's six were the right teams. Like you saw those teams. Yeah, definitely. And they were, they were all pretty good, weren't they? I mean, oh. even like Clemson to a point, like they came in with Kate Klubnik, who again, rookie quarterback. So, as much as you know, he had a good ACC championship game. It's understandable that he might have faltered at the next level. So, you know, I think all those teams were rightfully there: Penn State, Utah, um, even like even like Washington or maybe like an Oregon or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at like Ohio State, definitely deserved to be there. USC, uh, I mean, even Tulane might be. But you know, going forward, I think we're going to get the best opportunity to see the best teams in the playoff now. Yeah, I think so. I think I'm pretty excited for that. And yeah, look, it's it's going to make it interesting. I don't know if it jumps. Does it jump in next year, or we got to wait until 2024? Might be next year because I believe they were sort of waiting on the Rose Bowl because um, they were holding out. Because I obviously, like, if you become a semi final, then you kind of, I don't know, you you get disregarded a little bit. And then if you're going to like 12 team playoff bowls, you know, if you're like the first week playoff bowl, you might not be as highly regarded as well. So obviously, the Rose Bowl wanted to keep their, you know their upmarket status or whatever. But at the end of the day, look, this was going to happen regardless with with or without them. So I think, you know, that again, legacy college football tradition, rivalry, yada, yada, yada. Get on board or get out, I think. Yep. No, I think so. I, I agree with you. And it, it's going to be interesting going into the future. But look, if Georgia were deserving of their title, back-to-back title, Stetson Bennett proved to the haters wrong and look he'll join the draft it'd be interesting to see where he goes there's talk of oh my god if he was three inches taller he'd be in contention for the number one pick i don't know how true that is but he's he's made a point that he's decent quarterback he's a decent quarterback i think he'll get on a list easily um i'd have him as my backup long term where he goes with that i don't know but he's proven that you know he's there he's a hard worker and so maybe one day yes he will get a push into the nfl for sure yep i agree so I think that wraps us up for this week. Is there anything else that we need to add before we go? No, that's about it, really. Uh, just keep your eyes peeled. We'll be all over it. Um, and, yeah, I just can't wait to sit back and watch some good football. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for letting us in your crib. It's been real. <laughs>